0: I'm Joe Morgenstern, the film critic of The Wall Street Journal. At one point in Shrek Forever After, the hero sees his face on a poster nailed to a tree and says, Sure is great to be wanted again. Wanted, yes, but needed? Not on the strength of this fourth and presumably last installment, which is being shown in 3D, the franchise ran its course in the third installment. Now it jogs and lurches, but mostly meanders through a story that tests the limits of true love, Shrek's and Ours. The starting point is domesticity. Shrek has a loving wife and Fiona and three cute little kidlets, but he's undone by doing diapers and he's fallen victim to the kind of toothless fame that overtook Buffalo Bill. To reclaim his inner ogre, Shrek signs a contract with Rumpelstiltskin that makes him an ogre for a day. But the contract dramatizes, if nothing else, the importance of reading the fine print. Before you can say it's a wonderful life, Shrek is plunged into an alternate universe where he and Fiona have never met, old friends like Eddie Murphy's donkey and Antonio Banderas' puss in boots don't know him, and Fiona has taken command of a guerrilla army that's resisting Rumpelstiltskin's ruthless rule. The film has its intermittent pleasures, landscapes rendered in enchanting colors, the mysterious charm of Banderas' delivery, which gets laughs from every one of his lines, a witch's ball followed by the witches pursuing Shrek through the 3D spaces of a palace. It's easy to take computer animation for granted until a set piece like that one leaves you absolutely dazzled. But it's important to read the fine print and screenplays, too, This one turns out to be a recycling machine that recalls the high points of previous installments without showing the need for a new one. Although there's some suspense in whether Shrek will be able to break Grumple Stiltskin's contract with an out clause that turns on the power of a loving kiss, there's also a sense of filmmakers searching for whatever will help fill the running time. Ninety-three minutes isn't a long time, but some of it passes very, very slowly. Solitary Man stars Michael Douglas as a vulgar womanizer, a girlizer really, and a serial lecher who uses sex to avoid the twin terrors of mortality, he's got heart problems, and personal failure, he sabotaged his career as a car dealer. The movie seems to view its anti-hero, Ben Kalman, as a kind of upscale Willie Loman, but he's so dislikable and Michael Douglas's performance is so devoid of any saving nuance that you keep wondering why the young women Ben hits on and the young man he befriends, he's played not very well by Jesse Eisenberg, why they don't tell the aging creep to buzz off the moment he opens his mouth. Solitary Man intends to be shocking, and it's been getting some respectful reviews, but ticket buyers beware, the film's real shocker is its unpleasantness. I'm Joe Morgenstern, and I'll be back on KCRW next week with more reviews.